and welcome to another Dr. Supercoach podcast. I'm joined again this week by Pistol. How are we, mate? <laughs> I'm not too bad. Thank you. Thanks uh, again for having me. Even though I'm in uh, Sydney, I know the sound quality is not great, but I'll be um, back on Thursday in Melbourne, so hopefully that will uh, pick up the sound quality then. With the return of Cheezo, I believe. Oh, well, fingers crossed. We'll see. I'm not sure he'll be able to make it in time, so uh, yeah, wait and see. Uh, well, fingers crossed for Cheezo. Um, we'll jump straight into our week. I um, I scored a measly 17.39. Um, I expected a little bit better, but didn't quite get over the line. Um, I did drop about 50 places down to 233 now. So um, my buy structure is pretty sound for the next couple of weeks, though, so I'll probably, hopefully, bounce back. What about yourself, Pistol? Um, yeah, I just uh, pipped the 1800 mark with 1804 and uh, rose a couple of places to 135th overall. So not quite top 100, but um, thereabouts, and hopefully by the end of the next two weeks, I can uh, be right amongst it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you look like you're primed and ready to go for a massive storm home. So fingers crossed you top 100 next week or two. Um, we'll jump straight into the round recap. There weren't as many games this week, obviously, with the buyers being in full effect. Uh, it was Port Adelaide versus Hawthorne in the first game of the round, and um, Port taking taking the chocolates there by about 51 points, or by exactly 51 points, I should say. Um, Brad Ebert, a crazy POD. He's scoring well um, week in and week out, Pistol. Yeah, it uh, makes him slow down, but he hasn't, which is uh, a little bit frustrating, but good for those that uh, jumped upon him. He's averaging 111. He's only owned by 3% of teams, um, and he's rarely had a bad game all season. So um, as a Port fan, do you think he can keep this up for the rest of the year? Um, I, I never thought so, and he always starts the year with a bang and then tapers off, but um, I don't think we've ever sort of we've, we've played with this much confidence as a team. Like, we, ha- we had our good year a few years back and um, the year that we made the prelim, and we're playing manic footy like we are now, but I think our, our list is a lot better than then as well, so I wouldn't put it past Ebert to, um, on the run home, I don't think he'll average 111 from here on out, but... Um, he'll definitely still keep averaging 100+, plus, maybe 105+. plus. So if you've got him, a very handy PAD, but I wouldn't be trading him in over some of the better options, especially not at 535k. So um, just a bit pricey for me for um, someone that might not do as well. Moving past Brad, um, it was Ollie Wines with 105. So those who have him as a point of difference, um, he's bouncing back very nicely in the last few weeks. Tom Mitchell, as uh, was dubbed Mr. Consistent last week, another ton pistol. If you don't have Titch, um, he's got the buy next round after this one coming. Is he still one of your main targets at 625k? No, not at that price. Um, I think there's better value options around. Maybe if he gets back down to the 560, maybe between 560 and 580 would be time to pounce on Titch, but I think definitely there's better value players in that range currently um, who I would get before Tom Mitchell. That's probably a big call, um, considering he is, as you call him, Mr. Consistent, but um, yeah, it's a long long rest of the season, and I still just think uh, 100 16 average is flattering him a little bit at the moment. Yeah, he's had a great month um, before this 105, so that average has definitely been spiking, but he might, will probably drop back down to earth with 110 average to round out the season, I'd say. 
Um, Jared Roughhead scored an 89, and he seems to be in form pistol. Um, Power Pepper as well, for those that held him through the buy and onward through these buys, will be very happy with his output thus far. Um, quite a few people traded in Paddy Ryder um, that I've seen in, in amongst the page comments. Only an 81 from him. Do you reckon that's going to be a bit of a fail for those who got him in? Who it might be, um, given his scores in the buys have been a 69 and an 81. Um, he isn't somebody that I'd be looking to t- target. Um, I know he doesn't play. Um, sorry, he plays through all of the buy rounds, which does make him a valuable asset, and it's got that ruck forward status. But I think I'd rather still keep like a Nank over a rider. Um, if you had to have one of those ruck forward players, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I'd be trading him in at all. Yeah, no doubt. I think he's um he was just a very period the option for a few people that needed some swing cover and already had Nank in the rucks, perhaps. Um, Jasper Pittard, just the 58 this week, and those who traded him in for some buy coverage have been left very, very underwhelmed with back-to-back poor, poor weeks from his buy. Um, James Cousins, on the other hand, a 56. Hopefully he holds his spot pistol because he could be a very good value option at 102k, even though he has that round 13 buy. Um, we'll speak a lot about him later on when we talk about the ins. Um, Dallas Wilsmore is obviously another one with a 46, beating his um, first score of 26. Um, so he could actually provide a decent option if still selected, but I get the feeling he won't be. And then lastly, all the way down the list, Robbie Gray, just 44. He's just not with it this year. No, not at all. Um, people wanted to trade him in because uh, of that high variance. You know, he can go 160 plus and he can also go sub 50, but it's a bit too many sub 50s for me this year. That's already his third score this year below 50. That's um, yeah, pretty yuck with a break even of 108 and a price of 433. Um, it seems too good to be true, but then you just got to look at those terrible scores and. You know, he could even get much lower. If, if maybe I'd, I'd trade him in as um, an M9 if you don't have one um, for later in the year if he gets lower than 400k. But yeah, 433, there's just not enough value there, I think, to, to hop on him. No, no doubt. He's um he's just been super like, inconsistent. Um, Probably still with a niggling injury. I wouldn't be shocked if he had some sort of surgery in the offseason and came back better than ever next year. And with forward status, I might add. So probably one um, more so for the 2018 season. And you speak of 50-point scores, add 100 to that, and you've got Joel Seld and Patrick Dangerfield in the next game of Geelong versus Adelaide. Um, crazy stuff from the duo. If you've got them both, you were blessed with 300 points and probably one as captain pistol. <laughs> yeah, no, it was definitely nice having a Dangerfield combo. Um, Selwood has now got a break-even of 62. So um, after, obviously he's got the buy this week, but after that he's going to rock it in price. So um, if you don't have him... Um, he's someone that you probably should look at, given he's averaging 116, and his history suggests that he's a pretty safe 110-plus player. Um, priced at 586k, maybe work out a way so that you can afford to get him next week if you don't own him. Yeah, he's a very safe option and not injury-prone at all, so very likely to play out the rest of the season, and um, the more games they get at Skilled Stadium, the more he tends to go 130-plus, so... Um, just looking like a great option, 35 touches and a goal. So, um, Mr. Consistent, dare I say it. Um, I've got to stop using that saying. <laughs> um, moving on past the two, uh, the Dangerwood combo is, um, well, he could technically be part of the Dangerwood combo, couldn't he? Scott Selwood, another ton pistol. JB, I need to ask, do you think there is a chance that Scott Selwood becomes 
becomes uh, a keeper, someone maybe that we even have to play on the field? Um, I reckon it's very it's very possible considering, um, as we've referenced in previous podcasts, he's averaged 105 as a tagger for West Coast and 105 as your um, last midfield option considering what we've paid for him isn't too bad if you're short on cash like a lot of people are this year. But I'd say he's more likely to fall into your um, your loophole off the bench sort of position where you sort of play him on the bench as the emergency. If he goes big, um, you whack him on the field for maybe an underperforming premium or a premium that has a tough matchup for the week or is facing the tag perhaps. So um, if you could get him onto that bench spot and go full premium in the midfield besides him, I reckon you'd be very, very primed for some big scores. Yeah, no, that's definitely um, going to be my plan. I think... Uh... A lot of people's plans just to have a scooter at M9 and then someone just say you can keep a Fife then at M8 and you can just loophole them for the rest of the year and take whoever scores a ton every week. Or you could read the news during the week and see Rory Sloan is due to cop a tag and have to um, maybe do the same with him loophole-wise. He scores so big without the tag pistol, but that's now three tag-influenced scores that he's had on his uh, resume. Yeah, he struggled a bit with um, only scoring 89 this week, but... Let's see how he goes. Um, their draw does get a little bit more difficult, but I feel like in the tight games, um, Sloan is going to excel. Just those extra crunch points, I guess, when the game is tight, um, he can really influence the game. So um, fingers crossed that he, he can still go 15 from here on out. Yeah, no doubt. And this game is full of talking points, Pistol. Zach Tui, just the 76, would you even consider him as your um, ideal D6 keeper now? Well, now that he's had his buy or his buy is coming up, um, I'm not sure it's necessary to look at um, him as an option for the rest of the year. I know he's averaging 90, but there is a lot of defenders averaging above 90 this year, more than I think possibly ever before. So, um, yeah, probably wouldn't be considering him, at, especially at 471k, when there's just better, cheaper options. You've got the Hibbon in that range. You've got the Lloyd that's about to be the same price. Um, all who are averaging, well, will be averaging more than Zach Tui, especially by the end of the year. Yeah, um, more so if you had Zach Tui already, would you be looking to save a trade for him um, as maybe an upgrade option to upgrade um, him th- to another de- uh, premium defender, obviously? I think he might be very good bench cover if you can afford that. Um, otherwise, he'd be probably my very last um, upgrade. I think I'd just wait, leave him at um, D6, and if you happen to have a spare trade, maybe upgrade him. If you have him and... Um, Heath Shaw, who would you trade up first? If if you got to the stage where you could trade out one of them, which one would you trade first, JB? That's extremely difficult. They've both been um, a little inconsistent and um, a little likely to score on the lower side. Having seen Heath Shaw's numbers, I'd probably be more inclined to trade him, but having seen um, his run forward and just his history of averaging so high, it makes me think too. It's, it's such a toss of a coin pistol. Who would you go? No, that's, I'm not sure there's a correct answer. My, my gut would be uh, saying keep Tui, but I, the stats definitely say keep Shaw. So uh, that's a bit of a head and heart battle there. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so we've got Tom Stewart and Hugh Green with two rookies excelling in this game with 73 and 72 um, respectively. So very, very welcome scores from those, especially through the buys where we have to play quite a few rookies on the field. Um, and then especially when someone like Rory Laird scores just a 59 for you. So probably not that concerning. I don't think he's been that good since I dubbed him the Mr. Consistent. Um, maybe maybe I, I put a bit of a curse on him. But Andy Otten is another one in this game. If you're still holding him, 36 and could be dropped pistol. Yeah, 
I should say that um, Rory Laird did cop a head knock quite early in the game and um, just struggled, I guess, to get back into it. He, he did pick up it towards the end of the game, but um, yeah, he was pretty much score score wise was done for the day um, early on. So I expect him to bounce back. Um, regarding Andy Otten, that is unfortunate. He gets such a massive 121 and then comes out, scores a 36 for people. His break even is still just 65. So I think he'll get it, but now. Um, I've got a really question whether it's worthwhile holding him for this extra week when he's probably only going to make an extra four or five k. Yeah, no doubt. It's um, it's a question that everyone has to ask himself. He has one more game coming up before his buy. Is it worth holding on to him if you can upgrade him now? Um, moving on to the Gold Coast versus West Coast game. Gary Ablett, 139, could be a decent POD, but at 585 with that dodgy shoulder, is he worth trading in over someone like Rockliffe, Hanbury, Selwood, if you don't have those pistol? I mean, a couple of those players could have um, injury concerns for the future, but I think none have as much of concern over their bodies as uh, Mr. Gary Ablett. They do have an extremely solid run um, coming coming ahead. I should, if, if you'd like me to read it out, um, I'll just go for it. Um, they have Hawthorne, who he loves. I think he's got like a 160 average or something against Hawks. Um, Carlton, St Kilda, North Sydney, Collingwood, Bulldogs, Richmond, Fremantle, Brisbane, Essendon, Port Adelaide. So there's basically only four top eight teams, I think, or something like that, um, left to play for the for the Gold Coast Suns. So um, very kind draw for Ablett. The question is not going to be, is he going to score well? I think it's, is his body going to last? Um, I'm not sure. What, obviously, I can't predict what, what the answer to that question is. He's only in 9% of teams as well, so he's a pretty good POD. Uh, take the risk if you want. I don't think um, scoring is going to be questionable. It's just if his body's going to last. Yeah, no doubt. That's the risk that you have to take. Um, if you're in that upper echelon of, um, of rankings, though, and you do want to get an edge... If his body holds up, he could be a valuable point of difference um, to climb the rankings a bit. However, as said earlier, you are risking the fact that you might be trading in uh, trading in someone that's going to need to be traded out in a month or so. Um, Elliot Yo has now reinvented his own nickname of Yo-Yo, and that's because he's yo-yoing up and down the field pistol. Played predominantly in the back line early on, played midfield in the last fortnight. Last week played forward, bagged three goals and still scored 100. So he's still being consistent but he's not playing in any specific position. It's it's confusing. <laughs> he's just a good player, so they just play him wherever they can. It's a bit worrying with that JJK out that they've thrown him forward because obviously JJK is going to be out for um, a couple more weeks. So but let's just hope that he's a good player and he's going to keep popping out scores around the 100 mark. So, um, yeah, he's getting it done for us, but it's a little bit worrying. Yeah, no doubt. He's obviously got his buy this week, so not a trading target for those who don't have him. We'll talk about him probably next week as a trading target for those who have missed out thus far, and that's when we'll discuss all of the um, the forward line uh, concerns. So on to Jared Witts is our um, is the next one on my list here. So 96 points, doing really well, Pistol. Is he a keeper? I think I ask you this just about every single week. Um, every week I'm just going to keep saying yes while he's scoring in the, the mid-90s. I mean, eventually um, I'd like to trade him to Gorn, but we'll see what happens um, when Gorn returns. But at the moment, if he's scoring in the mid-90s every week, there's no real rush to trade him out. Um, he's got even a little bit more money to make as well. So 
yeah, we'll just hold him and we'll wait and see what happens with that um, Steph Martin, Archie Smith situation and we'll watch what happens with Gorn and then we'll make a decision. Yeah, no doubt. It's been so good. Um, such a such a blessing for him to to be averaging so high whilst most other Ruckman actually falter. Um, Wits has been really consistent. Um, a man we'll talk about in a lot of detail later on is Tom Lynch, a potential trading option for a lot of people, hitting a basement price of 433. Um, 92 points in this one with only three goals. Um, I pretty much, that's how I was describing. doesn't need a bag to score the 90 pluses, but as said, we will discuss him a lot later on as a potential option. Um, moving past him, Jared Harbrow, who's now going to miss this coming week, scored 81. So... Um, 18 disposals for him looked like the type of player that you'd want to go through the buys with, um, having a very high floor for the probably the first time in his career. Now out next week, Pistol. Yeah, so we should say he got um, caught drink driving, so he's been uh, suspended for a week by the club. He's it's unfortunately he scored pretty much five tons from six games. Everyone jumped on him, and then he scores a 77 and 81, and then he gets suspended. So. Not exactly what you would have hoped for getting Harbrow in um, for the buys. Uh, it's a very risky pick for the rest of the year. Hopefully, uh, you can turn him into a, a D7. I'm not sure I'm going to want to start him on the field every week for the rest of the year. Yeah, no, very risky pick. That hasn't exactly paid off for those who traded him in. Um, David Swallow started really poorly but ended up with 72 if you've still got him for some crazy reason, Pistol. Um, and and Will Brody just the 32, so his break-even's up to 40. We'll talk a lot about him later. But um, someone that was touted to be a player that would come straight into the league and be scoring decently hasn't really kicked off that well. Um, we'll jump into the GWS Dons game. Josh Kelly, is this his coming of age? 176 points, 585. Should he be mentioned in the same breath as those like Joel Selwood and Tom Rockliffe that we're looking to trade in? I mean, he's just been uber consistent. He's got you know a five-round average of 127, but I'm more impressed that his low scores just aren't below the ton. So he, they're just little tons instead. Um, it's, it boggles the mind that he's not getting more attention every week. Um, I think my best guess is that that's going to start happening now um, for the rest of the season. Every now and then, I think he's going to cop a tag, which he just has been avoiding most of this year. You have to tag him. He's so damaging. So whilst he's averaging 114 at the moment, um, can he go 110? I think yes. But is it a bit more risky at 585k than a Selwood? Um, yes, it's probably a, a bit more risky. Yeah, no doubt, especially considering he probably will start receiving that attention for um, what's likely the first time in his career because he hasn't exactly been needed to tag. And now that he's on this rampage, it's probably a necessity. Um, 38 touches, 22 kicks, 16 handballs, so incredibly even there. Five marks, including a couple of big pack marks, 10 tackles, and a goal. There's not much more you could ask for from a player, and that's just a massive score. Um, Zach Williams continues to take Heath Shaw's points with 145 of his own. He's looking like a decent pick in itself, but Heath Shaw was able to limp up to the 99 this game. 27 disposals, 14 marks, so a bit of vintage Heath Shaw. Um... We'll talk a lot about him later, but it, it, he just doesn't look amazing, Pistol. No, well, I guess we'll, we'll save save a bit for later. Ooh, I don't know if you wanted to throw some slander in early or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on, to- Toby Green, who um, is pretty much the only round 13 by playing forward, 
by not playing forward, I should say. Um, 95 in this game, so he was incredible again. And then you have to go um, quite far down the list to see the next um, next relevant player. Shane Mumford, a player that a lot of people traded in um, way back for Gorn or even Goldstein or someone or other. Only 78. He hasn't been his normal consistent self. Um, and you have to get injured, Pistol. <laughs> he looks so mad, which is great for the intimidation factor, not so great for the um, MRP, which might, I assume, to come into play at some stage this year. Uh, he's looking like a top rack option though at the moment averaging 104 so um, at 543k I'm not sure I'd jump on just yet he's got a break even of 128 maybe after his buy if he's still um, you know 10 points clear of wits it might be worthwhile to trade if they come to a a price uh, parity but at the moment it's uh, kind of a a hold and, and watch on Shane Mumford yeah no doubt and then Rookie's not so good in this one Myers 46 Perriman 43 Himmelberg, 40, and then all the way down the list, Daniel Lloyd, 31. So um, none of them really firing this one at all, Pistol. Just not our rookie's game. No, and James Stewart also got 35. So, yeah, pretty much all the rookies were the lowest-scoring players this match. So that's, uh, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a very good rookie scoring week. Yeah, not what you want to see. Um, we'll move past that into the Richmond-North-Melbourne game, and it's it was pretty much the Dustin Martin-North-Melbourne game, 165 points, just another huge score. He's go go hard or go home this year, isn't he, Pistol? I mean, he started like a house on fire and then had that, I guess, poor patch. And then we were considering, is he a top 10 you know, midfielder? And he's come out and he's just gone 144, 125, 165. So he's just gone absolute bang again he's got a break even of 66 if you don't get him this week which i don't know why you would considering he has a buy um if you, if you don't get him if you get him after that 66 you're going to be paying you know upwards of 620 630k to dusty and i still don't know if it's worth it just because you know that that low patch is going to come he's got those highs he's got those lows um if you've missed the boat now i'm not sure i'd be willing to pay such a high price for him but mm. then again he looks unbelievable at the moment he's blowing games apart uh, what, what do you think about Dusty JB? yeah I'm pretty much the same as you and I've been um, been on this stance the whole entire year you don't know what you're going to get from him and it shows with his high high, um, high average coming into the first few rounds and then low average for the next three and now high average again we just don't know when his dip is going to be and I feel like if Richmond start losing games again um, which there's no reason they would. They've been really good this year. But should they go on another slump, I feel like his scoring will just be the most impacted out of anyone on that team. So um, I, th- I think he does come with a lot more risk than those priced around him. But when he, when he's scoring 165, I can also understand why you trade him in. Um, on to the Ruck duel in this one. Goldstein 100, Nake 83. So makes us question as to whether Nank is a proper keeper or if we should try to now focus into getting him to F7 pistol. Yeah, I think after scores of a 75 and 83, I might be a bit of a um, knee-jerk reaction, but I, I think my uh, plan would be to try and get him to F7 um, just so that he's, he's good cover for your arcs and you can bench him as well and loophole him. But, um I mean, 75 isn't isn't the worst, and, and especially this week where he, he scored 83. It's not it's not terrible. I mean, most forwards have bad games, but um, it's just something to think about that maybe if you have a couple of extra trades up your sleeve, 
you might want to try and move him um, to the bench for the long run. Yeah, no doubt. Edvicus Willis with a 51 in this one, which is, um, well, it could be a lot worse, I guess. You could have had Shai Bolton with a 44. Um, not really firing in the buy rounds, but um, I suppose they're just doing enough if they're making up the 18 for you and making just a tiny bit of cash in the meantime. And that moves us onto the Fremantle versus Collingwood game. Pistol, Adam Trelaw, another big score, 128. What are your thoughts? <laughs> He's back, JB. He that, that week off just did him the world of good. He's come, after missing a game, he's gone 125, 141, 128. His break-even is down to 64, and he's only priced at 563. So if he uh, gets another 110-plus this week, you're going to end up paying close to 600k for him, probably probably 580, 590. Um, he, he's looking very good. What, what can I say? I mean, pies are winning. He's scoring well. I just wonder what happens when uh, the pies start losing, which I'm sure will happen. Um, so, yeah, if you if you want to grab somebody that's kind of a bit of value, he, he's someone that you would consider, given he has his buy coming up, though, and there's the round 11 players that have already had their buy. Um, might not grab him, but he's still certainly value if you don't care about the buys or overall rank. Yeah, I think he's even better for those who um, started the season with him and then held um, held him all throughout that um, poor, rough patch that he had and then the injury. Um, uh, that, I think that's where he especially shines um, shines truly through. Because he's now more of a POD um, and all of the all of the people that held him are just prospering, on to the next pick that you predicted three weeks ago um, and has since scored three tons, side bottom, 109 pistol. Are you some sort of fortune teller or what is this? <laughs> no, I just uh, identified at 428k, uh, still side bottom, that had gone... Uh, very high in the past, uh, a couple of seasons above 105, was probably a little bit underpriced, and yeah, now we have to talk about him every single week, while he keeps scoring um, 100 plus scores, so yeah, another 109 for him, his break-even still 63, so he's rocketing up in price, and uh, if you did jump on a couple of weeks ago, well done, and if you didn't, well, you're probably never going to trade inside bottom now, so yeah, we can move move past that. <laughs> no doubt. Penderbury, another um, another time with 108. Just what we expect. Lockie Neal was able to save his score. He only had 22 disposals in this one, but the six marks, five tackles and a goal, and four free kicks for really just rounded out his game for a 106. He looks like he's going to drop quite a bit more in price and be a good option coming off of his round 13 buy. So I wouldn't look to be trading him in before. Maybe if you're tossing up between him and Sloan, that might be our talking point that week. Taylor Adams, um, Pistol, we need to talk about this because he was primed for a big 120 score and then I think someone played him the podcast at three-quarter time in which we said he'll probably go 110 but not 111 because he just he can't do it, he hits the barrier. So he ended up with just 105. The dude is so consistent, but we, we would like another big score from him. I think he had 109 at three-quarter time as well. And then he, we were like, he's not going to score more than 110. And he just went backwards and he ends up with 105. So um, that was pretty amusing. But another one to add to his tally of scores um, above 100, but, but less than 122. You know, the, the real Mr. Consistent stood up again uh, with 105. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. He actually is the real Mr. Um, Mr. Consistent. You can't say it about anybody else. 
Now, <laughs> not that I do. Um, Nat Five scored 104 in this one. Maybe a bit of a return to form. He's another one that we'll talk about later along with Heath Shaw. Jeremy Howe, a parody backman identified early on in the year by us. 104 um, for him. So if you have him over some of the other round 13 backmen, you, you can't really complain, although he did have an average week last week. Um, scrolling down the list, Will Hoskinelli at 90 points. If you held him all throughout this, he's he's actually rewarding you quite well. Yeah, he's got a break-even of 68 as well, so he's probably going to go up uh, one final time before you call him at his bye. Um, averaging you know, 81, he, he's done pretty much everything that anyone could ask for. Uh, made 162K, so yeah, just chop him chop him at the end of next week and uh, thank him for his service for your team. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I chopped him way earlier in the year, but if you held him, I don't. I don't think he really rised much more in price, nor did he fall at all. So, um, just been a really good, really good player at scoring decently on your field whilst um, not demanding an upgrade or not demanding a downgrade either. So, um, very decent by him. Um, down the list heavily is Scharenberg, just 46. If you traded him in early and broke the golden rule, I think you're kicking yourself a little bit pistol. Um, 164K, he doesn't look like he'll make much more than 50K if he keeps scoring like this. Yeah, I'm not sure you'd be kicking yourself. I think um, the key thing with uh, this trading in particular was the job security. I think uh, most people thought he was going to play for the rest of the year. And given uh, Collingwood walking wounded uh, at the end of the game I still think he's going to hold his spot um, and and that's all that I think people cared about when they traded him in he's probably going to be decent bench cover maybe not the best cash cow but he's someone that I think will be safe um, to play for the rest of the year so good enough uh, yeah you have to trade him in for the right reasons if you want to trade someone in for the cash you might want to look at uh, the next player on our list who is only 117k Luke Ryan he scored 37 Probably did enough to earn himself uh, another game. Hopefully, we can watch him this week and he can uh, pull out a bigger game than just 37 points and he can be a better cash cow for us. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and that segues us perfectly onto our rookie selection. You just spoke about Scharenberg there. Um, negative 14 break even. If you did miss him um, for those first two weeks, which most smart super coaches would have done if they've played the game long enough, negative um, 14 break even, 164K, would he be one of your main trading options this week? Yeah, I think so. There's there's barely any trading options available, to be honest, even though he's got the round 13 by. We're not really spoiled for choice here, JB. I can only think of a couple of rookies to look at this week. Do you want to just um, maybe name them all, and then we can just uh, work through them uh, one by one? Well, the other three are Cousins for um, Hawthorne with a negative 62 break, even just 102k played in the midfield. Will Brody up to a 40 break even, so potential to even drop in price. He is inflated at 175 midfield selection and then wills more for hawthorne as well a break even of just one um of those selections i think the main standouts to me for job security would be Scharenberg and for scoring potential not scoring potential price potential um cousins and then the other two just don't look too appealing pistol no not at all um I think you pretty much nailed it. It's just Cousins coming in at 102K, that, that just gives you a lot of money to play with, especially if you're going to do um, maybe a quick Myers to Cousins cash grab. You know, you can you can get that extra 100K to spend for this week or next week. Um, and he looks like he'll hold his spot at this stage and, you know, make it, make a little bit of money. So that's good. Um, Wilsmore, I'm not sure, is going to hold his spot. 
Sharon Burke, as we said, cash cow, maybe not the best, but at least the job security is there throughout the buys and have to probably give um, Lucrae another week. Will Brody is interesting because you don't have to jump on this week given he probably has a chance of dropping in price. And if he does beat this break even, it's not going to be by so much that you can't nab him next week. Um, he'll probably go up less than 10K, to be honest. So um, you can have another look there. But I think um, the real thing coming out of this, JB, is Will Brody um, is probably the real Mr. Consistent. What do you think about that? <laughs> you can't really argue with that, can you? Two scores of 42, I think it is. Um, Mr. Consistent. Probably 32. <laughs> 32, okay, even worse. So two scores of 32 and his break-even is 40. <laughs> Doesn't doesn't look too good. If he stays as Mr. Consistent, yes, he will definitely drop a few K. Um, that's worrying. That's a bad Mr. Consistent. <laughs> no, yes, a, ter- a terrible Mr. Consistent there with back-to-back 32s. Hopefully, uh, if people do jump in, like, jump on him this week, he'll he'll pick up his scoring. But he's not someone that's on my radar at the moment. Yeah, no, neither um, neither for me. Maybe at the start of the buyers, considering he was going to play in all of them, but if you had have seen that he was going to score back-to-back 32s, you would have stayed away as well, I reckon. Um, in terms of trading out players, I don't think there's much we can really say here. Um, it's really, really player-specific, so um, if you're upgrading a midfielder, you just want to cash in where you want, and um, obviously if you're upgrading, say, defender, you cash in your defenders. Like, I mean, Vickers Willison... Um, and Stewart are both on the buy this week, so those two are pretty obvious ones. The one that I do see getting tossed around a lot, I know he's at 300k, and so, so he's probably most people's most expensive rookie, but Barrett only has an 11 break-even pistol. I'll try to be holding him as best I could, I reckon. Yeah, no, definitely. If, if you don't have to trade him um, to get that primo, that might be skyrocketing price. If you don't have to do that, then, then certainly... I'd be holding Barrett. You know he's going to play. At least his job security is good. And scoring at the moment has been on the rise as well, on the up and up. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I found that one a little bit weird, but I assume it's just because people are jumping on. A sell with a really low break-even and uh, considering both of them are going to go up 20K sort of thing, might as well get his score. Okay, yeah, sell on the buy. That's not a great call. Um, <laughs> moving past that, um, you know what I mean, that sort of example though. Um, we'll jump into the Fife and Shaw discussion. So these two are players getting tossed around a lot as potential trade-out options. Fife did start the season with five tons in a row and has since followed up with a 62-99-99-98-78-104. So um, just really, really poor form from the former Brownlow medalist, former 125-plus um, averager. What would you be doing with Fife? Um, and do factor in that his next game is against Brisbane. Well, it's funny you should say that. He's, out of all of the teams in the whole AFL, where do you think Brisbane ranks for his average uh, against them? Well, considering this question, I'm going to say either first or last. <laughs> <laughs> Second last. He has a career average of 96.4 against uh, the Brisbane Lions, which is uh, second lowest out of all the teams, um, which is a little bit worrying. Um, although, I guess this year, um, Brisbane are seemingly particularly poor, so well, I probably would hold him um, this week to give him another chance to look at him before his bye, but if he uh, doesn't perform well, then it might be time to just chop him. If, he, if he's not going to, you know score above 105 consistently or, you know, within the last five games, 
um, he might be someone that's worthwhile upgrading at a buy, but that, that would be a big decision and very heavily dependent on how many trades you have left. Yeah, I wouldn't be doing it if I had any less than eight trades left after the actual moves were made. I think that'd be um, that'd be kind of risky considering the sort of um, injury mayhem that can start and especially considering most people won't be full premium by this stage anyway. Um, Heath Shaw's the next one I'd like to bring up. So he started the year with a bang with a big 118 and then since then only one ton and then a whopping one, two, three, four, five scores below 80. So just crazy, crazy bad from Heath Shaw. Um, Carlton and Brisbane are his next two. What are your thoughts on him, Pistol? Well, I'll ask a similar question. In the last... Give, pick a number between one and five, JB. All right, I'm going to say three, just off the top of my head there. All right. In the last three seasons, including this one, um, his lowest score has come against... Carlton. <laughs> it was the last time he played them where he scored a 46. Um, so he, he did He did manage to score, you know, I think it's uh, six times in a row um, before that 46 against Carlton. But look, if, if you're giving him one more week, um, this would be probably the opponents to do it against only Carlton. I think if he scores below 80, it's probably uh, time to say goodbye to Heath Shaw because he'd just probably sit at an 85 to 90 average for the rest of the season and that's this year when all well, there's heaps of defenders going well above um, 92. Even um, I just think that you may as well get rid of him if, if you have these luxury trades. I'm I'm sure um I'm not sure how everyone's sitting trade wise, but if you're going to finish the buy and have probably a full primo team with more than eight trades, then this is something that you can look to do. If you're going to have you know five or so trades maybe i would hold them for um injuries and some later things rather than getting rid of Shaw right now during the buys but um yeah it's very dependent on on people's team structures and, and how they're going in the buys but um for me personally I, i'm in the position where i am able to trade him so i think uh he would be someone that i'm going to look at getting rid of in the near future yeah, I think I'm going to hold both of them until they're by at least, in which case um, the week after I'll probably, or during that week actually, I'll probably decide then and there as to whether I'm going to commit for the season or um, just get them out of my side. It, with Heath Shaw, considering, as you said, the um, the the rate that he's scoring at, the below 80s, um, and the defenders that are available, you're almost giving up 20 points per game by not upgrading him, so... That could be huge if you're looking at rankings. Fife, on the other hand, is at least still scoring around the ton, and you're probably giving up 10, 10 maybe at a stretch, 15 points, um, and that's assuming he doesn't come good. So I think Heath Shaw's the main danger man at the moment. Um, just disappointing. I mean, if you started the season with him, you almost forked out 600k for him, so I, I bet no one was expecting this sort of form. No, definitely not. Um, maybe it's just because I feel extra disappointed, but um, if, if you did miss out on someone like Jake Lloyd, I think um, next week, so at the at the conclusion of this upcoming week, Jake Lloyd's probably going to be at a price around 440k, and he sure will be at a, probably the same price, and I think that would be a very easy trade just to go Heath Shaw to Jake Lloyd. Um, given Jake Lloyd ignoring that, that score of four he got because of that head knock, he's been averaging above 100. So I think that's a very safe uh, 20 points per game upgrade there. Yeah, it feels like a no-brainer, no doubt. Um, we'll move on to the next sort of premium um, option that we might be looking to trade in now. So Tom Lynch obviously plays in the uh, the next two buy rounds. Uh, played in the last one as well for a 92. 
So he's had two scores below 50, and the rest have been 87 or higher with just three, just four, bar those two bad scores being below 100. Okay, that's a really bad way of saying that. He's been really good this year, Pistol. Um, he's only 433k due to a 29 against Port a few weeks ago. Is he high on your radar? Look, I think he's uh, actually a very good option. 433k, he's got a break-even of 76, so he's going to go up. Um, he's just really, really cheap. If, if you need a forward um, and you're trying to work out someone that doesn't have their buy, I think I would look to him. We spoke about his draw uh, coming up. Hawthorne, he could kick a bag. Carlton, after that, is going to kick a bag. Um, you know, he's just got these good opponents, um, nice fixtures, and good scoring potential. I think um, it all adds up to him going at least 90-plus for the rest of the year. So at his price, I think it's pretty much a no-brainer if you need a forward. Yeah, I think if, you, if you've if you done your five forward upgrades, maybe at the forward lines the last place you do need to upgrade, Lynch needs to be really high on your radar, um, maybe considering other players that you don't have. He might not be as high, but he just looks like such good value. And for someone who plays in the next two buy rounds, he can, he can only tick most boxes for most people. So um, I, he'd be high on my radar if I hadn't already finished my forward line, that's for sure, Pistol. We should mention we're talking about the Gold Coast Lynch. I don't want anyone uh, messaging angry messages when they've traded in the uh, the Adelaide Crows Lynch instead. Yeah, if you trade in the Adelaide Crows Lynch at 416k, um, <laughs> just please don't. He did score 105 last round, Pistol. <laughs> He's still got his buy to play, though, so um, I think people will get a bit of a shock if they've, they've got the Lynches mixed up. <laughs> yeah, I doubt we'll be talking about him too much before and after his buy. Um, and that wraps up that little discussion. I think he's a, um, a very good option. Let's quickly go around the grounds, Pistol. Um, I'll start off with Will Lankford. We did speak about Cousins and Willsmore earlier. He had 30 disposals and three goals in a um, in a box hill game there. So is he in danger of coming in for one of those two players? Oh, you'd think so. I mean, um, we'll see soon enough, I guess. There's a Thursday night match and... Um... Well, I guess that doesn't really affect when teams come out, but we'll, we'll see soon enough um, if he holds his spot. So there's no point really speculating. I just don't think he will. Yeah, no doubt. Um, hopefully hopefully Cousins, at the very least, holds his spot as he looks like the better moneymaker. Um, next, we look to North Melbourne. Swallow had 36 disposals and nine tackles. So if North Melbourne were to make a change, and if you're still holding Hibbard, who had 25 disposals and one goal, he's probably not the man to come in. So... Um, unbelievable that we started the season with him thinking he was going to be such a good option and then he was just a one and done pistol <laughs> it's pretty amusing thinking back on it now yeah hindsight's beautiful isn't it um, going to Port Adelaide now so Angus Montfries had 26 disposals and 2 goals um, looks like he's gone ahead of Eddie for sure now who had 3 goals 3 um, he's actually had 24 goals in his last 7 games so He's in crazy red-hot form, but just getting overlooked as Port keep winning. Well, you're the Port fan, so uh, yeah, if you don't think he's coming anytime soon, then I'm not going to be holding my breath. Yeah, don't hold your breath because um, you'd be holding it for a while and I'm not sure about you, but a minute's probably my max and you wouldn't last too long. Um, Miles for Richmond had 34 disposals, whilst Lennon had four goals as well as three goals last week. Do you think one of them are in danger of coming in for Shy Bolton post buy? Um, it's it's pretty funny actually. Even though Shy Bolton managed to only score 
I think it was 44 super coach points. You've got Connor Menadju scoring 35. You've got Castagna scoring 40. And Jaden Short scoring 41. Sam Lloyd scoring 51. And I just feel like Shai Bolton was the best out of that whole bunch of players. Um, so I don't really think he's in too much danger. But then again, it, it's all... Um, Performances are all there about each other, so I mean anyone could be dropped at any one time. But I think Bolton will hold his spot. Yeah, fingers crossed for those who traded him in, hoping for that extra player in round thirteen. Um, and then a record that we've heard on and on and on and on again: Freeman twenty-five disposals for St Kilda, and there's been whispers that he might be in this week. Pistol, what are your thoughts? Oh, I really hope he's in, just because that uh, round eleven. Um, downgrade option that will be playing in round 13 that will be unbelievable so, so the only problem with him is uh, I'm not sure you want to jump on him early just because his hamstrings could go ping at literally any moment so I'm not sure I would want to trade him into my side unless it's five minutes or even one minute before the bounce of the his third match <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong there. You have to be extra cautious with players like him with such an injury history. Um, Pistol, do we have a small Cancer Council update? We'll do the major one in the Thursday night um, slash Friday day podcast. We do, but just before we jump into that, um, just a quick question for you, JB. If you had to choose one of these forward options, who would you pick between um, Lynch, Mitch Wallace, and Isaac Heaney? Ooh, that is tough. I think, um, as per the um, most of our discussion earlier, I think Lynch is just a great option, and I had him all last year. The best thing about Lynch is, as I referenced earlier, just the three goals for his 92 this week. I feel like he's such a good option, um, even when he's not scoring goals. He gets around the ground a lot, um, takes big marks, and gets a lot of score assists. So I feel like Lynch is probably the safe one, but Isaac Heaney probably has the, the higher ceiling Um However, I'm still worried that he's feeling after effects of that gland. Um, Mitch Wallace is probably my least favourite of the three, purely because of the lack of exposure he's had this year um, coming back from that broken leg pistol. How would you rank them? I really think they're all very good options. Um, I think, personally, I would also go with Lynch just because of the value. Um, Wallace is kind of a sneaky POD um, only playing in two games. I think his potential is probably the highest out of all of them. Um, I'm not sure I'd be willing to risk it personally. And Heaney as well, although a fantastic player and he's probably going to score 90-plus, it's just that glandular fever. If he's going to cop a rest or something near the end of the year, if the season's done and dusted, um, yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to want a player in my team that, that could uh, take an early break towards the end. So um, probably rules him out for me personally. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, almost in that order. Yeah, Lynch for value more so. Um, Mitch Wallace has the high scoring potential and so does Heaney if he does play. Assuming all of them play um, every game, I think Heaney's probably over Mitch Wallace for me. Um, having said that, let's jump into the Cancer Council. <laughs> uh, there were some donations this week, which is fantastic. Um, a couple of people got around the Donate for Donuts program. It was uh, nice to see uh, there was a... Excuse the, the lack of better words of uh, a terrible picture to, to promote their Donate for Donuts um, <laughs> that may have been whipped up for a uh, lack of internet connection and in a very short time frame, so I'll have to fix that up for next week. Um, but uh, we did try and spread the word about the, 
don't know, for Donuts uh, program we've got going on. Although a lot of the people said they would pledge, I'm not entirely sure they did, even when they were hit with the, um, the Sandy Out news. Um, so hopefully in around 13, uh, if people do get hit, they will come forth and, and donate as they said. But to the couple of people that did donate, um, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Um, Daniel donated for Donuts um, again, which is unbelievable. It's really, really special. Um, Maddie wrote a really nice comment saying he loves the podcast on the page and um, he's going to uh, send us an email with his team review. Obviously, we will get that done probably not on the Thursday podcast because it might be a bit too late um, just because there's a Thursday night game this week. So we might have to do that uh, via email correspondence. I know you've uh, emailed us, so we'll get to that quickly. Um, and James, <laughs> he was uh, donating for donuts and uh was quoting um, maybe something from uh, Greece if anyone remembers it said I sit and wonder why oh why you left me oh Sandy um, <laughs> obviously in reference to Aaron Sandyland being laid out so love that one James it was uh, very creative that's for sure um, so thanks everyone for taking part with the Donate for Donuts program if you don't know what it is pledge a certain amount per donut or zero that you get in your team throughout the buys um, could be one dollar two dollar three dollar whatever you want and if you do cop a donut which a lot of people did because of Sandyland's um, you pledge a certain amount. So thanks for those that um, did did pledge and, and donate. Yeah, Sanderland's out left me with 19, so I wasn't able to pledge um, and donate this week. I will say, however, if I do cop a donut from now to the end of the season, I'm happy to pledge $50. So um, I'm probably in danger in round 13 of maybe, um, maybe upholding that pledge. But um, we'll see how I go. Uh, just a great cause for everyone that's donating. Um, we're seeing some really... Really large numbers coming through, which is just excellent. And we've obviously already smashed last season's number. Um, just awesome to see that number keep on going up, Pistol. Yeah, no, it's definitely fantastic. And um, I'm just wondering if uh, you, you'll pledge a certain amount for every time you call somebody other than Taylor Adams, Mr. Consistent, for the rest of the year as well. <laughs> i got a family to feed. <laughs> I can't be doing enough, that. Jamie. Unless it's 20 cents or something, I'll, I'll be out of pocket majorly. Um, having said that, that'll sign us off for the um, for the day, Pistol. Um, I might talk to you Thursday. It might be um, Chizo, so fingers crossed he can get back in time. Um, otherwise, you can catch us on iTunes, SoundCloud as well. Make sure you leave a, a comment on our Facebook page. We scroll through daily, so um, we'll be make sure you're making sure to answer all your questions there. And thank you so much for joining me, Pistol. I'll talk to you soon. Uh, no worries. Thanks for having me, and thanks, community.